Well, good morning again, everyone. Welcome to Easter Sunday at CVC. We're so glad you're here. Uh, kids, great to have you in the room. Guests, uh, CVC family online, those watching online right now, just so good to be together as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And oftentimes on Easter, I reflect back on a time in my life when I just didn't get Easter. I mean, I thought it was about the bunny and the candies and the eggs and just the deeper meaning of Easter, the, the, the reason we're gathered just eluded me. And my eyes were blind to it. My, my heart was untouched. My life was unaffected by the events that happened over 2,000 years ago. And I didn't understand the person that uh, was celebrated on Easter and because he wasn't in my life. And so even on uh, mornings like this morning, I look back on that. I just remember, man, I didn't know. I couldn't see. And so because of that, like many of us find ourselves doing, I started searching for meaning and value and worth in whatever the world had to offer. Maybe if I have enough money or if I maybe have enough stuff or possessions or, you know, enough achievements in my life. Or maybe if, um, you know, people have good things to say about me. Maybe that's where I'll find happiness and meaning and worth and value. And what was amazing is the more you chase those things, have you noticed that? The more you chase those things, the emptier you feel. Because they never fully satisfy. And so I was just left with this deep, nagging sense that there was something more, that there was something greater. But I couldn't see what it was. Later I realized it was that I couldn't see who it was. And then one day a friend invited me to church. And so I went to church with them. And all of a sudden someone started teaching out the Bible. I'm like, well this is a first, never heard this before, you know. And as the Bible was being taught, and as I started hearing about this God who, who made me, created me, had a purpose for my life, this God who loved me intensely, and that I had this barrier between me and God, this barrier called sin, that all my evil inclinations to think and act and the wrong attitudes I had and when I knew the right thing to do and didn't do it, all that stuff, this sin was a barrier. And as I continued to listen and learn, I realized that my good works can't knock down that barrier. Certain religious rituals aren't going to knock down that barrier. Something supernatural has to knock down the barrier of sin. And because of God's love, he came and sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross to pay the price for my sin. He knocked over the barrier, and now the resurrection was evidence that Jesus has the power and the authority to defeat death. The resurrection is Jesus' victory dance on top of death and on top of sin. And as that stuff kept hitting me over and over again, week after week, I had this eye-opening moment where I saw Jesus Christ for who he was and what he did and why he did it. At that point in time, I gave my life to Christ and chose to follow him with my life. And then something happened. All those things I was chasing after at the buffet of the world came online for me. There was a peace and a hope that I'd never experienced before. There was a joy in my life. There was meaning and purpose and worth and value that none of those things could have ever delivered. And the Lord just lit my heart on fire to live for him. And then I was just compelled to tell everyone I know about the Lord. If I were to kind of graph that out very simply, it might look like this on a chart, is I'm on this journey, and Jesus is there on the journey, I just don't see him. And then he engages me, and the way he engaged me was by a friend inviting me to church, like maybe some of you were invited today. And then I started hearing the teaching of God's word, and his Holy Spirit started working on me. And then uh, there was a moment where my eyes were open, and my heart was ignited to, to follow the Lord and to love him with my life. And then I was compelled to tell others about him. That's what I would say. And I think all of us are on a faith journey today. All of us are on a faith journey. And maybe your journey looks different. 
Maybe some of you here that know Christ, you can really relate to what I just talked about. And you chased after those things too. And, and you realized your eyes were open one day and Christ brought you into understanding. Maybe you're here today and you're still chasing those things. I want you to know that a lot of people have been praying for you today that your eyes will be opened and that your heart will be touched by hearing the Lord's word and singing the Lord's word and realizing there's a living God who loves you, has a hope for you that nothing else you're chasing will ever provide for you. This is because Jesus Christ, he opens eyes and he ignites hearts. And that's what I want to talk about today for a little bit. And I want to take you to one of the most dramatic parts of the first Easter morning. I want to take you to a dramatic narrative that a lot of people aren't familiar with that happened on the very first Resurrection Sunday. And it's going to be found in the book of Luke chapter 24. So if you have a Bible with you, feel free to open to Luke 24. If you don't have a Bible, just follow along on the screens. If you would like a Bible and you don't actually own one, we'd love to give you one as a gift. Happy Easter, right? And so on your way out, stop by the Information Center, and we'll get you a Bible. But I want us to uh, find ourselves in Luke 24. This is an account called The Road to Emmaus, where Jesus has an eye-opening encounter with a couple men who didn't see it coming. And so let's find ourselves there. Luke 24, verse 13 says this, that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. Let's just stop. I'm just going to teach and stop and teach and stop and talk about it. So uh, that very day, what day? The day that the tomb was empty. This is the very first Easter, Resurrection Sunday, that big word, resurrection. In fact, uh, kids, you have a packet, and in that packet is a booklet, and in that booklet, You'll find a word search. Resurrection is a big word, and it's because I like you guys, I want you to know where it is. So here, I'll give you a tip. There's where you'll find the word resurrection, all right? Because <laughs> your parents probably couldn't find it, and they're no help, and so there you go. And there are these two guys. Who are these guys? These guys are followers of Jesus. They're not part of the original 12 disciples, the apostles, but they're obviously somehow in the inner circle. They, they have some sort of firsthand and secondhand information about the life and teachings of Jesus. Maybe they interacted with Jesus. Uh, they probably firsthand witnessed his crucifixion and all the events that surrounded uh, the death of Christ. And now they're on their way home. Uh, we don't know their names really. There's one name given, Cleopas. For those of you thinking about what to name your next child. There you go. Cleopas. That's a great name. Um, so we know one guy's named Cleopas, but the other guy is still unnamed. But they're on their way back home to Emmaus. Emmaus is a village about seven miles northwest of Jerusalem, uh, where all the events of Jesus' death and resurrection took place. So this would be like us you know, walking out the door and walking to Newburgh Heights or walking to Richfield. And it would take them maybe two or three hours to walk that distance. And what we don't know is how long these people were in Jerusalem. We don't know how long these guys were there, uh, but obviously they had encountered and experienced a lot of what took place in the life of Jesus. And now they're heading home and they're talking and they're reliving all that they experienced. Man, what was with the sky turning dark when, when Jesus died? What was with the earthquake? That came out of nowhere. And they're, they're talking about all the events that happened. And all of a sudden, Jesus engages them. He just joins them. Now let's see what happens here. Verse 15 through 20 says, while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that are happened these, there in these days? And he said to them, what things? 
And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who is a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God, and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. So Jesus approaches them on their journey. He joins them on their journey, but they can't tell that it's Jesus. They don't recognize him. This doesn't mean, when you look at the original language in the Greek, this doesn't mean that they were just so wrapped up in the conversation, they didn't you know, pay attention and see that it was Jesus. It means that God somehow veiled their eyes. The Lord prevented them from seeing that it was Jesus in this moment. And so he's just walking with them. This is a great example of like a biblical version of undercover boss, okay? Because what you have is you have Jesus coming up to these guys. They don't know that it's him, but they're talking about him. And we don't know exactly why God let that happen. Maybe he wanted an unfiltered version of what these guys really thought, but obviously Jesus knew already. And if you ever wondered if God had a sense of humor, this should put it to rest right here, all right? I mean, really take in this moment what's happening. They're walking, they're talking about Jesus. He joins, he's like, so uh, what you guys talking about, all right? It's like, how do you not know? Like, are you the only guy in the region that doesn't know what just happened in Jerusalem? Because the, the events of the death of Jesus as history was very, very public. Like, we know it's not myth because all the records in the Roman history and Jewish history, like this is a very valid, authenticated event. And it was very public. And so they're going, how do you not know what's going on? All the things that happen. And he's like, what things? Like, what are you talking about, you know? And so next thing you know, and they're going to start talking to Jesus about Jesus. That's what they're about to do, which is just hilarious. And so let's see what happens because what they say next is very telling. It says a lot about their faith or their belief or their lack of. So look what these men say next in verse 21. They said, but we had hope. Notice that past tense. We had hope that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes. And besides all this, it is now the third day. Wait, time out. Why is that a big deal to them? Why are they even saying that? Like now it's the third day. Because they're aware that Jesus said he was going to rise on the third day. And so they're saying he died and we had hoped in him. But their hope died when Jesus died. Jesus' death wasn't the end of the story, right? And so their hope died when Jesus died. They're dejected. They're sad. They're walking away, all right? And it says it's the third day since these things happened. Check this out. They even know more. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was what? Alive. They knew that the women went to the tomb and it was empty, had a vision from angels, and that the angel said he was alive. They knew this. In fact, look, it gets worse here for them, right? They're just kind of putting their foot in their mouth with the undercover boss as they're talking about what's going on. It says, and some of those, and he's referring to Peter and John when you look at the narrative, Peter and John run off to see if the women were right, right? Peter and John run off, and it says that they found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. Did you catch what just happened? They have all the information already. They know. They know that Jesus was going to rise on the third day. They, they know that uh, the women went and saw the empty tomb. They know that they reported back, hearing from angels, that he's alive. They know that Peter and John went and validated the tomb was empty. But here's the problem. They're walking to Emmaus. Why are they going the opposite direction of where everything's happening? Do you see what's going on here? These are the guys that like, I'm going to stop reading the book before I get through the last chapter. 
This is the person who's leaving the movie before the last scene is over. This is the person at the sporting event that at halftime doesn't like the score because their team's losing and they go home and they miss the comeback and their team winning. This is what's happening for these guys. They have all the information they need, but they're going the opposite direction. They're not going to the resurrected Jesus. They're going away from him. Why? Because they had such little doubt. They were so disappointed. They thought Jesus was going to be this military ruler, this political person that was going to overthrow Rome. They didn't realize that Jesus had come to die for sins and to rescue people from the chains and grip of sin. And so now they're going the other way. They were so focused on their disappointment that they just couldn't see and believe what they needed to. They had all the right information, but it hadn't sunk down into their heart yet. You know, there's a lot of people that are going to miss heaven by 18 inches. They're going to have all the right information. Oh, yeah, I know about the Bible. Oh, yeah, I know about Jesus dying. Yeah, I, I go to Easter. I hear about the resurrection. You know, all this stuff. I have all the right information, but it hasn't traveled down to the heart and rooted in faith and belief. And so these guys believe, but their belief is so weak. And Jesus calls them out on it. Look what happens next. Verse 25. He, Jesus, said to them, Oh, foolish ones, because that's exactly what you say to a couple strangers when you start walking with them, right? Oh, foolish ones, okay? What he's saying here is basically, oh, you of little understanding. Kind of a loose Bible translation might be like, hey, boneheads, okay? <laughs> Very loose Bible translation, but oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to what? Belief. Slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he, interrupt, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the thing concerning himself. This is what we love about Jesus. These two guys know the right stuff, but they're going the wrong way. And Jesus goes and gets them and sets them straight. And we'll find out what happens after that moment. But Jesus confronts them. He, he, he acknowledges their lack of faith. He acknowledges the emptiness of their belief. And then he starts doing a Bible study. Are you jealous yet? They're doing a Bible study about Jesus led by Jesus. They just don't know it yet, right? And so it says here that he starts with the books of Moses. God used Moses to write the first five books of the Bible, which means that Jesus went all the way back to Genesis and then through Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. He's going, guys, 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 let me explain it to you. And he starts unpacking all these scriptures where God gives descriptions. God gives predictions as, as, what, as what we know called prophecies, predicting that when God sends his rescuer, his Messiah, his Savior, these will be the things true of him so that all these neon arrows will point to him and people will know that this is the Messiah. And so he goes all the way back to the beginning. He's looking at all these descriptions and predictions and prophecies. And then he, he gets done with Moses' books and gets, gets into the prophets. And so he's probably in Isaiah and Zechariah. He's probably cruising through the Psalms. He's unpacking all these things that are pointing to the one who would come. And then he's saying, guys, think about Jesus. He was born in Bethlehem. The Bible said that. Said that he was going to be from the line of Judah. Oh, the Bible said that. Hundreds of years before, uh, the one was going to be crucified. Psalm 22, the description of crucifixion before crucifixion was even invented. Like over and over and over and over again, Jesus was saying, look guys, this is what was said, look at Jesus. This is what was said, look at what Jesus is. And then he convinced them that Jesus was the predicted and promised Savior of the world. 
This is what he was doing. He was revealing this to them. And they were listening and learning as they were walking. And then this conversation and this journey is coming to a close. So what happens next? Look at verse 28. It says, So they drew near to the village to which they were going. They're getting close to Emmaus. He, Jesus, acted as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it's toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were what? opened. This was the eye-opening moment for him. And it says they recognized him. And just as he's about to go, whoo, it's Jesus. He's like, peace out, poof, and vanishes. <laughs> Again, sense of humor, right? God has a sense of humor. You see this moment? Uh, I'm just going to keep going. Oh man, it's late. It's been a long trip. Come stay with us. And as he stays with them, as he breaks the bread, he opens their eyes. This was the aha moment. This was the eye-opening moment. I want to try to tap into that uh, feeling just for a second. I know it's nothing like it, but let's try to imagine what that felt like, okay? So I'm going to show you a few pictures. Each picture has the word Jesus or a picture of Jesus, and they're a little bit tricky to see at first, okay? So it takes a second. So let's start with the first one. When you see the word Jesus, just raise your hand saying, I see it, okay? Look, okay, some of you get it, some of you get it. So over on the left screen, you'll see a little red dot here, okay? I got my little red dot. So there's the J, there's the E, there's the S, there's the U, there's the, ah, oh, I heard some of you going, ah, oh, there it is, yeah, 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 okay, uh, eye-opening moment for you there, okay, um, let's look at the next one, next one, okay, next one, uh, raise your hand when you see the word Jesus, all right, yeah, a lot less people, this takes an extra second, look, look, okay, I'm going to be over on the right screen now, okay, so watch the red dot, the word Jesus is right here. So there's the J, there's the E, oh, yeah. Eye-opening moment for a lot of you right there, okay? <laughs> Those are the easy ones. <laughs> raise your hand when you see Jesus in this photo, all right? Look at this photo, and when you see Jesus, raise your hand. This is going to take some of you a while. Some of you are faking it. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> don't see him. Some of you, after I point it out, you're still not going to recognize it. You're not going to get it. Okay, I'm going to stay on this right screen for a second, okay? Look at the top middle of the screen. This is his face, all right? There's an eye. There's an eye. There's the bridge of his nose. There's his lip and the beard and his chin, cheekbone, cheekbone. There's his face right there. You guys see that? There's his face right there. Ah, oh, yeah, now you see it, okay? Eye-opening moment. Imagine what it felt like for these men. Think about this. They spent who knows how many hours walking with Jesus, talking with Jesus, listening to Jesus, and then when they're at the house having dinner, he thanks God for the food and he breaks the bread to distribute it. And in that moment, their eyes are open. This complete aha moment. And I, we don't even know what they saw first. Did they see the nail marks in his hands first? And they're like, oh, you know, did they see his face? Did they hear his voice? Like, we don't even know what they saw first. But all of a sudden, they recognized Jesus. And in that moment, he disappeared. See, this is what God does in our life. He, he opens our eyes. For those of you who have come to Christ and believe in him as, as your Savior, you remember that moment where your eyes were open. But he doesn't just have your eyes open. He lights your heart on fire. When you come to Christ, there's spiritual heartburn that takes place. Look what they said after Jesus opened their eyes. Look at verse 32. It says, they said to each other, this is after Jesus disappeared, right? Did not our hearts, what? Burn. 
Did not our hearts burn within us at why he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord's risen indeed. He's appeared to Simon, Simon Peter. Then they told what had happened on the road and how it was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. I love that phrase, did not our hearts burn within us? But when were their hearts burning? And when their hearts were burning, it was conviction. It was persuasion. It was convincing. It was understanding all lighting up in their hearts. When did that happen? When Jesus was speaking and they were listening. When Jesus was teaching God's word and they were listening to it. The reason some of your eyes haven't been opened yet, the reason some of you haven't felt that ignition in your heart like a, like a dead pilot light lit, lit a flame is because you're so busy talking to God or about God that you're not listening when he's speaking to you. You're not in his word. Look, I know that some of you here are skeptical. You're like, I don't know about this. Just open the Bible. Just open the Bible for yourself. Start like in the book of John or something and just look at the teachings in the life of Jesus and let the heartburn begin. Because some of you are experiencing it right now. That as I'm just simply teaching from the Bible, something's happening in here and your eyes are starting to open and your heart is burning and you're going, I think I get it. I've got a lot of questions, but I think I get it. This is an eye-opening experience and the Lord ignites your heart. And when he does, guess what? That hope, that peace, that purpose, that worth, that value, everything that you so desperately need and want that you go looking for elsewhere that you'll never find from those things because they'll be short-lived all come online in a supernatural, eternal way. When your eyes are open, your heart's lit on fire. And then what happens? You go into action. These guys didn't stay put. They just got done coming from Jerusalem. It's nighttime. There's robbers on the road. It's dark, you know. They don't have headlights on their, you know what I'm saying? They get up, go back to Jerusalem, which they should have never left anyways, right? They go back to Jerusalem to find the disciples to tell them what they experienced. And when we come to Christ, we just be, are compelled to let others know about Jesus and who he is and what he's done and why he did it. And so when you think about those guys' journey, it's the same type of diagram. They were on the journey. Jesus was present. They didn't know it. He engaged them through the teaching of his word and opened up their eyes, gave them spiritual heartburn. And then their eyes were open and their hearts were ignited. And then they got up and they were compelled to go tell others about Christ. Think about your life. Think about your story. You're on this journey. Jesus is present. Do you recognize it? Do you see him? At some point, Jesus is going to engage you. He's going to come to you, and maybe it's through the invitation of a friend to come to church, or maybe it's through a circumstance in your life, or maybe it's through the reading of the scriptures. Something's going to happen that Jesus is going to engage you, and then he's going to open your eyes, and then he's going to light your heart on fire, and then you'll be compelled to go tell others. In fact, if we were to put that diagram up, I think the question I would ask you is, where are you in that? Where are you right now? Are you in the journey and Jesus is there, but you just don't see him yet? Is Jesus engaging you right now? It's kind of like you're on the road having to talk, but you don't fully get it yet, but you're listening. Has Jesus opened your eyes? Is he opening your eyes today? Lit your heart on fire. Some of you are thinking, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm good. Really? Are you compelled to go tell others? 
Because I think if we were to pull most of us who love the Lord, uh, we'd be shocked to realize some of us aren't compelled. We're more compelled to talk about our favorite sports team. We're more compelled to talk about something else we're excited about, but we're not always compelled to talk about what the Lord has done in our life. Where are you in the circle, and where do you need to be? You know, each service we've been hearing a story from someone who's sharing how God opened their eyes and lit their heart on fire and that they could see Jesus more clearly. And uh, every service we've had someone, young, old, man, woman, uh, boy, girl, been a Christian for a long time, new Christian. We're going to get to hear from Jamie here in a little bit about how Jesus opened her eyes and uh, it lit her heart on fire to follow him. And so what we're going to do is we're just going to listen. We're going to worship a little bit and sing. And then uh, Jamie's going to share her story. And then she's going to go public with her faith in Christ through baptism. Just a public way of saying, I know Jesus. I love Jesus. And I want to, uh, I'm compelled to let everyone know that I'm following him. And so let's just worship and listen. And I'll come back up with some more instructions for you. I grew up in a Christian home and always had a desire to please God. And this often led to pridefulness about my goodness. Uh, over time, that warped into feeling like I needed to be presentable to God and to people. I started to believe the lies of the enemy and operated out of a fear of rejection and wanting to be accepted by people. I wasn't approaching his word with the confidence that he'd speak to me the way he did to other people. When I realized that I didn't have many of my own opinions about God, I prayed and I asked God to help me to know him and understand him. I wasn't embracing my freedom in Christ. I was in bondage to what other people thought of me. I attended several studies at CVC and they really helped me to identify my blind spots and my weaknesses and areas that I was unhealthy and wrong. I prayed for humbleness to receive correction in those areas and to grow. And God broke down those misunderstandings and now I was experiencing that freedom of something, these chains that I wasn't aware that I was carrying and I could finally embrace that freedom now. Even if I get rejected by people, God doesn't reject me. And Jesus not only accepts me, but he was willing to pay the ultimate price so that I could have relationship with him. It's not a result of anything that we can do. He meets us right where we're at, and it is a gift that can't be earned. In his death, we have are invited into dying to a life apart from him and all the brokenness attached to it and in his resurrection he offers us newness of life with him. I understood what Christ's death and resurrection meant for my eternity but I did not comprehend what new life meant here on earth. I asked my friend what changes she's seen in me over the last couple years and she described it as me taking off my grave clothes. Getting baptized is me publicly declaring my obedience to Christ and sharing his work in my life for his glory. I'm shedding those grave clothes and my old ways and I'm embracing the newness of life in him. Did you hear it as Jamie was telling her story? Did you hear it? She had the information, but some of it hadn't sunk in yet. I needed to travel down to root deeper faith 
And how God opened her eyes. And then he lit her heart on fire. And so many of us have that. But we're aware that others don't. Maybe some of you don't have that. Some of you watching online don't have that right now. That's what the Lord wants for you. And he'll come after you. And he'll engage you. He wants to open your eyes. He wants to ignite your heart. But he'll give you the time you need. And so... What I want to do right now is transition this time from just talking about God, talking about Jesus, to talking to God. I want us just to pray for a little bit here, and I want us, our, our prayer basically to be this, Lord, open our eyes. Open our eyes. And so I'm going to have one of our sisters up here just lead us in a song. It's been around for a while, but it's really a, a prayer for us this morning. So it's not really so much a song we're singing as much as it is a prayer we're praying. And the prayer is this, open our eyes. And as we're doing that, I just want to prepare your hearts. Like, we want to thank God for opening our eyes. For those of us who can see clearly, our hearts are on fire. We want to say thank you for that. We also want to pray for people we care about. We've got friends and family and neighbors and people we just do life with that we deeply care about, but they don't see what we see. We want to pray for them and ask God to do something about that. We also want to ask God to open our eyes. Maybe you're a believer, but you're on your own road to Emmaus. These guys were going the wrong way. They knew the right information, but they were going the wrong way. Some of you, you know Christ, but you are on your own road to Emmaus right now. You are going a direction you should have no business going. Maybe you need to ask God to open your eyes so that you can go back to where you need to be, get back in relationship with the Lord. Maybe some of you can pray this for the first time, saying, Lord, open my eyes. I need you. I want you. I receive you as my Savior. So let's just, let's just pray that for a little bit, and I'll just give us some prompts. Help us kind of pray and talk to the Lord. But let's, let's turn this song into a prayer for a minute. Open the eyes of my heart. so you can see Jesus clearly for who he is, what he's done, why he did it. Would you just say thank you? Just say thank you in your own words, in your own way. Just say thank you to the Lord right now. Lord, thank you for opening our eyes. There was a time that we were blind. We were stumbling through this world blindly, looking for the things our heart so desired, but all the wrong places. And you engaged us and you opened our eyes. Thank you so much for that. Apart from you, we, we can't do anything. Thank you for opening our eyes to know that we can have access to heaven through faith in Christ. We can have new life here on earth because of Christ. So thank you for that, Father. For those of you right now that are followers of Christ, but you're on your own road to Emmaus, you're, you're going the wrong way. You're doing things you shouldn't be doing. Maybe you're in a relationship you shouldn't be in. You're flirting with the world. In fact, if someone were to look at you and follow you around for a day or a week or a month, they wouldn't even know 
that you know Jesus. Maybe right now you can just turn that prayer to him. Lord, open my eyes. Let me see you in a new way, fresh way. Would you just pray that your own words, your own way right now? Would you just talk to the Lord and say, open my eyes. Jesus, we're sorry for taking the great gift of forgiveness and salvation and just kind of throwing it in your face. We're sorry that we decided just to go a different way. With the right information, with shallow belief, and let the world drag us off away from you. Lord, we're sorry for that. Open our eyes so we can see you again in a fresh way, a new way. Take us back to your words so that our hearts will burn. We see your teachings. Give us this appetite to be in your word. Right now, think of the friends and family and the people in your lives that you wish that they could see Christ clearly. You just pray for them right now and just lift up their names. Just take a minute. Just lift up their names. Some of you don't know Christ as your Savior. But today, he's opened your eyes. Your heart's been burning this whole time as we sang, as you heard baptism story, you heard God's word being read and taught. Would you just pray something like this? Would you say, Lord, open my eyes. Let me see clearly who Jesus is. And that his death on the cross was for forgiveness of my sin. And that his resurrection secures eternal life and new life for me. Jesus, open my eyes so I can follow you now. Let's just sing that, pray that one more time. Open the eyes of my heart. these men got up and went. There was action. They took action with what God did. What action are you going to take today? What are you going to do with this hour that you spend? It's just the whole like, oh, I just did my Easter thing at church. Or are you going to have some sort of action step? You're going to take a move forward somehow because of this time. We want to help you do that. And these guys got up and went seven miles. Some of the things we need to do don't, aren't that hard. <laughs> And so here's some options for you as action steps. Maybe you're new here to CVC. Maybe you're a guest. Maybe you don't go to church. You, you haven't been in a church in a long time. And you just are curious about God, curious about church. You just want to know more. All of you came in with this card at the bottom. It's just a little tiny tear-off. We're going to pass baskets in a second. Uh, we want to collect these cards from you and hear about your action step and then how we can help you. And so uh, you can put there, I want to know more about CVC. And uh, we'll get in touch with you. Give us an email. Introduce yourself. We're not going to bombard you. We're not going to spam you. We just want to get in touch with you and tell you about um, next steps or answer any questions you might have. If you're real serious, next week we have a great opportunity for you. After each of our services, uh, we have something called Meet CVC. 
and we just take 20, 30 minutes and ask questions, answer questions about our church, and just a great way to get up close and personal, face to face. And so you can mark that, put that in the baskets. Kids, you know, there's action steps for you too. In your booklet on the back page is a little question that says, what'd you learn today? Why don't you write something down? And then share it with your parents. Parents, ask your kids, like, what'd you learn today? And what do you want to do about that? And see what kind of action steps God's putting on your kids' hearts. Because your kids aren't too young to hear God. Not too young to do what He tells them to do. Maybe seeing the baptism reminds you that you're a follower of Christ, but you've never been baptized. And whatever excuse you're hanging on to, or you know, whatever um, has been a distraction for you, now it's just time to put that away. And go, I need to go public with my love for Christ. He died publicly for me. I can live publicly for Him. And so you can just part... Put down there, want to know more about baptism, we'll get in touch with you, tell you about your next steps. But the next one's really very important. Nothing's more important than this next box. Not how fast you can get out of here to get, you know, to where you're going, not a ham in an oven somewhere, not eggs that you want to find. This, this is very important. If God's opened your eyes today and you see Christ more clearly and you're receiving Christ today, write down here on this box, I received Christ. Not received like you did it, you know, a week ago, a year ago. Received today. And you have two options. One, you can put it in the basket. If you just have to go, put it in the basket. But we would rather you just give us a few minutes. When we start to sing, once that song starts, you can just walk out this. I'm going to step down here, walk down this aisle, and then me and a couple friends are just going to be hanging out in this hallway. We've created a space where we can just sit with you for a couple minutes, if you let us, to just hear what God's doing in your heart. Give you some resources about how to grow in Christ and just tell you more about what it means to follow Jesus. Would you give us two or three minutes face to face? So whether you sit in the balcony or in the middle of a road, just say, excuse me. And then during the song or after the service, if that works for you, just come down this hall. We'll be in a room down there just uh, wanting to hang out with you for a couple minutes. Take action when Christ opened your eyes and ignites your hearts. Let's go ahead and continue to worship and sing and celebrate the risen Savior. Amen?